Hi, Steve. How are you? Doing wonderful. Great. How are you? Doing wonderful. Um, that should be like our doing wonderful. That's our like. That's the next line. Other, of yeah, yeah. Other slogan. Other slogan. Yeah. Um, I'm great. Great. Uh, anyways, this is the stuff Summer says podcast with Steve. Steve. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. A little bit to talk about. I don't know if this is gonna be a longer episode. I don't think this is gonna be a longer episode. What? We're, we're going to be on point tonight, uh, I think is how we'll describe it. Uh, we are going to talk about Penn State's win over Iowa. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely do that. Um, both from my experience, your experience, the usual recap, if you will. Uh, and then we will look ahead to this weekend's Northwestern game. And then we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put the pressure on air on Steve to kick off our se- series segment of project i guess project would be the correct word uh and then i've got an old guy young guy that is slightly related to this evening's uh or this weekend's football game and i will explain i will explain why okay cool you ready yes sir all right steve i think there have been times on this podcast where i have said or we have said that was an incredible win or this or that or there have been certain penn state games that i will say are a top five Penn State game for me that was a top that was a top five for me like that was one of the greatest Penn State football wins I've ever experienced for every single reason whether it was Iowa not scoring any points or Penn State beating Iowa by possessing the ball for 45 minutes or just getting payback for 2021 it was it was beautiful it was blissful it was it was amazing. It was it just that it, the way that third quarter unfolded and that first drive and the, the energy in the stadium and when they got that stop on the three and out, you could tell that that was going to be a special quarter of Penn State football. And in my, you know, let's let's narrow it to the college years on and the, the 12-ish years that I've really pay true attention to Penn State football not that I haven't been a Penn State football fan all my life I don't think I can ever remember a more consistently well-played better quarter of football it was dominating in every aspect um and it was it was the perfect way to cap off a you know a, a crummy weather day but it was a fine weather day and the whiteout was incredible it was uh, it was beautiful it it really was and and that is both kind of with a touch of irony and also not with a touch of irony. That is my 10 second view on, on Penn State's win. That was the third quarter, right? Yeah. Yeah. The okay. third quarter. Yes. So I, I, um, one of my traditions is I'll, I'll text listener of the podcast, Russ, the word snowballs when the snowballs at the mm-hmm. top of the hill and things are going to start rolling down. I texted snowballs when the punt hit the back of the Iowa people mm. in what was that the first quarter. Yeah. Like, Cause that's when I thought that's when I knew it was over. Like when they got that turnover there, I didn't think I was, was going to score again. I just didn't. I just, I know that's early. I know that's stupid and easy to say it now, but that's when I sent the text and it was, you said beautiful and blissful. I got two Bs. It was a boring beat down, not in a bad way. It was just so workmanlike and dominant that it was almost, there's just nothing going to happen from that team wearing white tonight. And it just didn't. 
that was the thing that I took away from it too. Was it, it was uh, so precise and so just procedural. Like it, it was, you did everything you were supposed to do on offense. You did it the exact way you were supposed to do it. And on defense, you played, that was the best game for the Penn State's defense, I think by far this season. And I think really the first time that the defense has truly looked the way it's supposed to look. Um, and I, I don't know, I guess they looked a little bit that way, Illinois, um, and I guess really one play outside of one play against Delaware type thing. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was so patient of a game, I think was the bet is, is, is what it felt like. It was, you know, you could tell Penn state had the momentum going into the locker room and I haven't done the deep dive on the numbers yet, but I'm wondering, is this Penn state football team better at in the second half than they are in the first half in the mm-hmm. same way the 2016 team was like notoriously known for being a second half team. Um, there's something about the adjustments that Penn state is made at outside of the locker room. I don't know enough about the X's and O's to pick up on that, but you could just tell that there what this team can be special when it clicks the way it clicked on, on Saturday night. And I think the thing that has to be infuriating for Iowa fans. I mean, they're going to have a lot of infuriation the rest of the season. But the thing that had to be infuriating a little bit was if they were going to have a chance to win, they were going to do it with the tight end in the running game and some precise passing. And Penn State said, here, let's, let me show you really how to do that. Let me let me just, we'll just do that to you. And they did. And the defense is supposed to be really good at Iowa. And our defense was like, well, we're just better. So let's, let's show you how that's done too. So I think in all those ways, because for the next couple of weeks, Penn State's going to win the next two games, right? So it's just a matter of keeping people healthy. This was a milepost that mattered a little bit because it was the whiteout, because it was a ranked team. And, and they they touched everything and did everything they were supposed to do, which was great to see. There was one little hiccup early, right, with the timeout that they didn't want to call or they called early because they had something going on with Penn State that, that they looked frustrated on the sideline. But that was really nitpicking in, in what turned out to be as complete as they've been, as complete as they've looked in a while, at least. Yeah, I... I, I just, that was the best part about it, I think, is, is how smooth and confident they looked. Um, it's right. been a relaxing night in the stadium, right? Because you never, you were never, was never in doubt, right? It was, it was, it was like people were fired up. I, I think, and I said this to you before, and I think I even tweeted it. People seemed a little more liquored up on, on Saturday than I think I would, I'm used to. Um, and I, I, but you went into the stadium and it kind of just felt like everybody was there and knew what the, the task at hand was, knew how to provide their part. It was loud. It was very loud. It was not, it was not the loudest I've ever heard the stadium, but it was definitely one of the loudest times I've ever heard the stadium um, on, on the defensive side, at least. And, you know, in there, I think the other thing with that was this is kind of now the second game where this has happened, but People like I was expecting this place, the place to empty out by the fourth quarter. It was probably 75% full, at least like when Penn State scored that last last touchdown, I I expected everybody to start heading towards the entry and hardly anybody did. Um, So, yeah, I, I was the atmosphere was it was one of the more fun party like atmospheres to a whiteout I've ever experienced. Usually they're a little more intense. it wasn't it wasn't party party like the what 2017 Michigan game yeah 2017 Michigan game but it was fun um definitely fun um 
let's stay there real quickly and then we'll get to kind of the TV side of it all. Um, I think the stadium experience has gotten much better since week one. I, I really do. Um, I, I enjoy, enjoy hearing Rodney. I think the third down thing that he started to do kind of like rolling the R is good. Um, the transition between Rodney and Joe is very seamless. I, I didn't find myself thinking about it. Um, scoreboard seemed a little slow still again maybe nitpicky but at least i'm getting down distance from the pa announcers um but i will say after experiencing it in person i figured that the fourth down thing or fourth quarter thing was going to be bad didn't expect for how cringy it was going to be and i get it you want to get the cheerleaders involved let them have their moment but it's we can find something better. And the other thing that's weird is the whole stadium gets into it and, and, and is ready for, oh, are you ready for? And then everybody knows it's Penn State football, except for Steve, because Steve hates that part. Uh, and it's, are you ready for the fourth quarter? And the energy just kind of drops. They also did it while Penn State was on offense. And it was like, make the crowd loud type thing. And I, shh, shh, you know? Look at you knowing the defense should be like, yes, I think, I think, I think if the fans know that that's how it should work, the people running the show should know that's how it should work too. Okay. But, All right. Yeah. No, I'm glad to hear that. Scores from out of town yet? Slow. Not anything of, of importance, aka not the Ohio State Notre right. Dame. Right. I mean, because you'd have had Ohio State Notre Dame that would have elicited a cheer, whether it was correct to cheer or not, right? Like, because there's that whole debate. Do we want, do you want to be the team that beats Ohio State or do you want them to be beaten? Right. But it would have at least gotten the crowd together and into something so um i do want to say two food related things because i know i've i've harped on the food and i i pre-game this is not an ad none of this is an ad but pre-game out on what would it be curtain they have those little like booths that the university sets up and one of those booths sells West cookies. Now, they're not heated West cookies, but if you are craving West cookies, you can buy them for $10. And I, I immediately shelled over $10 like that, seeing wow. that. So big fan okay. of that. Okay. Second thing. Do they have any milk? No, they didn't have any milk, but I'm not drinking. I know you're weird and you like to drink milk on a game day. That's weird. I'm not. It's just not going to work well. cookies. I know, but it's not going to work well with it. Second thing. The we are in is charging $14 for cheesesteaks. They should be charging $100 for cheesesteaks because they are that good. They are, uh, everybody, you've told me about it. I had somebody else told me about it, said, you have to try these cheesesteaks. They're really good. They're really good. I've got one because there was no line. I don't, if like, start making a line, people, because these are, this is very good stadium food is in beaver stadium and it is now these cheesesteaks that and that was on curtain road too or was that in the stadium that was in the stadium that is okay that is the away northern corner so under nb nc area it's it's back kind of near the creamery stand i it so wait, i just want to make sure i heard this right the the, the we are in is charging 14 dollars for cheesesteaks and they should be charging 100 and you'd still pay oh yes 100 percent. it's they're delicious it's it it has replaced the chicken basket for me. I think. Okay, I, cool. Yeah. So that's a, <laughs> that's a plug for that. Um, I watched the game back, but how was uh how was the CBS crew? Oh boy, oh God, they're bad. Um, really? I don't think they're bi. I don't think they're biased. Like I saw, I heard people talking about the team, and then and, and I don't think they're biased. I just think they're bad. It's kind of the same thing. I think of Fox, and I just think they're 
they were a little too in awe. And I get it. It was their first one of the whiteout. Like any way they could show the whiteout, they were in awe of like, here it is. This is what it is. And it's special. And it is. Um, they, they misidentified. They showed Kirk Ferentz's bottom third when it was Brian, like early in the game, like the very first minute or two. There was some other glaring thing with Iowa. Oh, they down-talked the 25 points per game. Oh, they, they were like making fun of the, the media and the fans. Like, I've never heard about that in a coach's contract. Well, I don't think that should, like they were protecting the coaches. I'm like, dude, that's the biggest story there is in Iowa football this year. Like that is the story. And they were belittling it. I mean, they were okay. They they weren't bad, but it was just, I think the camera angles, maybe it was, maybe it was the rain because when you're moving the camera in the rain, it gets kind of tough. And then it looks like they had a high def or 4K like in the end zones. And whenever you move those quick, it gets blurry. There were a lot of blurry cuts and stuff that just didn't feel, they're not as good as NBC. I mean, they're just not. Um, and probably and probably not as good as ESPN, which we're going to miss going forward. We know that. Do you, do you feel like it was an issue because that was the first time they've really done a, a big, big 10 game? Or do you think it was a CBS issue? I think, you know, I kept thinking that. I mean, this this is this is the crew that should have that should have and has done Alabama Auburn right and all these big SEC games and those never felt. And maybe I was just being more critical here. Those just never felt as sloppy at times as this, and it wasn't mud and weather sloppy. It was just it, there was some poor directing at spots, just some weird angles of the goalpost where they were playing with the drone camera or something, and you've got like this much of the screen covered up, and it, and it stayed there for a second. It just I don't know what it was because I wrestled with it. This was CBS's best team. I mean, and it just didn't feel, it didn't feel as big and special as the West Virginia game did by NBC. I mean, I think NBC's better. And it just felt sloppier than it should have for, for a network's number one team. So I'm, I don't know. I don't I know watched, what it was, but it felt weird. I watched it back and I didn't watch the, I watched the 60 minute version. I didn't watch the whole three hour version because I think that's just a little bit better way to consume it. I, I didn't, it was, it was very average, I think would be the best way. So it's interesting to hear you be disappointed with it because that was, it kind of seemed like that was the vibe. Like it was either average or slightly disappointed. I did hear a couple of people that were like annoyed about bias. I didn't think, I didn't think that they were biased or really showing that at all. Um, I will say, I do think we should give credit that the drone camera shot and the opening shot of the whiteout flying over kind of sort of almost like a flyover type shot with the drone. Very cool. Haven't seen it done from that angle before, yep. uh, I, I, at least that tight of an angle. Um, so, but that's interesting. I, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of surprised to hear that from you. I just expected more. I just expected, I guess, cause we, I, cause NBC was so polished that first night game, right? This, this is, is an almost one-to-one -one comparison. Here's a night game, a big game. From the sneaky okay. whiteout with Notre Dame yeah. to this no, whiteout, yeah, and they just weren't as on. Um, so yeah, that's all. I could just it felt average, you know, C C minus for some sloppy stuff. And and what biased it even more was what I text you about, you know, Rick Neuheisel in pregame saying, "Oh, whiteout." When my son was there, when Paterno was there, getting recruited, it was a big event. It was really cool. They show up in these white buses. I'm like, dude, white buses. And, and then he's like, you know, and 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 for Coach Franklin in general, like. You know, all the critics have been silenced about his contract now. The, the folks that were complaining about his contract, not to be mean-spirited about it, but no, there'll be two games that decide that. Yeah. And that those haven't been played yet. Yeah. So so you're wrong about that. So I was, 
a little off put by that coming in because they just didn't have the context. It's like this is their first year covering the Big Ten, which it is, and it felt like it. It is it. I feel like we get this. Uh, I feel like we get this a lot during tournament time, and I don't think it's a Turner CBS thing, but like you, if you follow a team, right? Like and you know everything about the team, and then kind of get those outsiders that do those one-off games, which is essentially kind of what this is, especially in the CBS trial year. Um, it sounds like what that, that, that's that what is. It, that's what it felt like, really, from okay. start to finish. Because the shots in the stadium, I know they all do surveys. All the broadcast teams do surveys. They were going to put a camera here. We're going to try it there. They all put them in pretty much the same spot, but it seems like they tried a couple different things, and it just didn't work out. And they are like, well, we've got it there. We're going to use it, as opposed to giving me, you know, I don't even like the behind-the-center Skycam shot, but I'd have taken that over some of the other sloppy drone stuff. They're like, well, we got the drone, we're going to show it. No, you can just show the shot that serves the fans, not the one that shows you how the technology works. All right. It's interesting to hear Steve's a little grumbly about that. I I guess it's warranted for all those people that were also a little grumbly about it. Um, Okay. They're going to stop calling me names of other people now? Yes. Okay, cool. I I promise. I promise. All right. Moving on. Uh, Let's talk about this weekend's game. Uh, it's uh, it's also a doozy, uh, for sure. Big one. Um, Penn State goes to Northwestern. Um, Northwestern, who's coming off a win? Who is who is coming a off a win? Gutsy which, overtime win. Which I'm a little fr- little frustrated about that win because tickets were trending down, and now all of a sudden tickets trended back up, and yeah, whatever, won't get Chipotle or something this week. Um, no, I I I don't know. I think it's. I think you said it maybe a few segments ago, but you get two more cracks really before to, to get everything figured out. You got a bye week in between there. Use it. Use this opportunity as one of those weeks to get everything figured out. Figure figure out how you are going to get the job done the way you need to get the job done. I think the thing that I'm noticing about this Penn State football team this year is it's going to sound like they're playing down, but they're not playing down. They're playing too much better. Um, so I'm interested to see how that works in, you know, cause I think you had to, Delaware is a good example of, of not necessarily having to do that. Northwestern should be another example of not really having necessarily to do that. Um, so figuring that out, but then also making the most of the opportunity, whether it's some of the, the trick plays, which the, there were a couple of weird trick plays the, the, on, on Saturday night, um, you know, figuring out those, um, I will say my one hot take right now about Penn State football is let's pick a running back. I, 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 I get, we want to make everybody happy, but it seems like Katron is better when you let him get steam. So let him get steam. And they did that. They, Nick Singleton didn't come in until like eight minutes into the, the first quarter on Saturday night. And if Nick Singleton is better, let him go. Like just, so quit, which one do you want? Quit. I I I like Katron better. I think he. I just think he's a better running back in terms of the style that Penn State is playing to right now. Do I think Nicholas Singleton is probably the better athlete? Yes. But I, I don't know. I just pick a running back. It's it. It may be just nitpicky and me looking for something to grumble about. But that's my that's my hot take right now. Well, I think it's nitpick. It's funny as you were talking about being complete. I'm thinking about what's the question. Where the questions are going to be asked at the news conferences this week, right? Because first week after West Virginia, it was the first week, right? Media's like, well, you didn't use your tight ends. Well, we didn't need to use it. I mean, that's the kind of stuff when you listen to the coach, like, and I'm often not a coach defender, no matter who the coach is, you know, 
I'm on the media side, but like when it gets like this, when a team is good, what is there to ask about? Oh, well, did the running, did you like the split between the running backs? How's your offensive line? Now the offensive line, I think still a little area. Steve, they were concerned. very good on Saturday. So I, I know that's low, sack. and that's as low as it gets. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Like that's right. Exactly. You know, I had people telling me, oh my God, I don't know. Dude, two first downs. Stop it. Like it just, you know, um, no, I, there's not much at this point unless something goes really off the tracks in the next two weeks and they looked much better than ohio state did against notre dame i mean i appreciate notre dame's better but ohio state ohio state's line didn't look good the best ohio state looked was on its final drive and that was made possible by you know a poor coaching decision and or a play that just didn't work correctly for notre dame that opened the door that seems to be the general pulse on that game um is is Notre Dame might not be as good as we thought, and Ohio State might not be as good as, as we thought. And I, I guess apparently that might have been the pulse a little bit for the first half, at least on the Michigan game as well. So, yeah, I mean, I think that the pulse is changing nationally, right? Penn State saying, "Oh, they might be the best team there," and we'll know, and we'll start to get a sense of that in three in three games from now. Um, the the one thing I do want to say is, I think this will probably be the last time Penn State plays in the current iteration of Ryan Field. Just and, and this will segue nicely into our our next segment. But it's the worst stadium in the Big Ten. But I, <laughs> there's this weird part of me this this it's week. Quaint. It's like yes, it's, I'm like I'm gonna miss it. I'm yes. gonna miss this shithole. I think is is yes. the best way to say it. Um, yeah, if you yeah, haven't yeah. if you haven't been, the entire other side of the stadium is bleachers. Is high school bleachers. I guarantee you, your high school football stadium, wherever you live, if you listen to this podcast, is nicer. I know for a fact in Texas, there are at least four stadiums that are significantly nicer. Um, they don't have bathrooms on that side of the stadium, so you have to go to a porta potty. But it's just like little quirks like that 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 make college football fun. You know, it's it's a it's a it is the only thing. It's not. We're not going there. We thought we were going to make the trip this weekend. We're not. Um, but I will miss the quaintness of that stadium and deep dish pizza almost equally. Now the pizza probably more. Well, yeah, it's a quick because it's not the big time vibey, all mm-hmm. the money out of you, whatever else, which is why they struggle. But still, it's it's got some character. Yeah. I, so I, I I just wanted to add that in. Um, I will have some deep dish pizza for you. That is the first thing we are doing when we got get off the plane on Thursday. It's a wise decision. I love deep dish. Are you a? Are, do you have a preference on where where you go? Or are you just? Uh, I, Lou Malnati's has been the place that's been the best. I know it's not the one. Well, so we go to those. we go to Giordano's, right. and I, I don't know. So there's a there's a family, not a family actual connection, but there, Anna's family relatives have that last name, so I think that's why we prefer that place. We haven't been to Lou's. Uh, maybe we will venture to lose though i think yeah i mean you really can't go wrong but it's just good okay all right um all right steve i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna set up the segment and and you take it where you want to go it's it's your uh canvas poster whatever okay 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 Uh oh all right you're gonna write about your favorite road trips this week sounds like you're thinking about it you might be i am now okay it's a segment it's my poster it's my yeah yeah your canvas okay so so let's let's dive into that what are some of steve's favorite road trips and why and are you going to say specifically a school are you going to say penn state and auburn 2022 i'm going to start with the city first just because we went there chicago i mean i just i i 
it's a big city. You still get the college vibe on 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 campus in Evanston. I mean, not still in the city school. Ryan Field's part of it. Deep Dish Pizza is part of it. The architectural tour on the boat trip is part of it. Um, I love that Steve does the architectural tour on the boat trip. Well, he had to remember because he blew his he blew his last trip there because he booked the wrong time for the airplane. Yes, yes. So um, you've made the most of it. Yeah. So Chicago's good. Um, Notre Dame was was probably our first road trip, big road trip, and that was good because it was our first. That's where we learned about cornhole years ago. Like we <laughs> oh, what's this cool game? And then we brought it back and started doing it ourselves. So that one. Um, and then we've been blessed. We've done, we, we did Alabama, what, 10 years ago now, 2010 or 11, when it was miserable hot down there with Coach Paterno and whatever else. And people were so kind and polite. I mean, they were going to kick our rear ends, but they were, the kids were kind. It was nice. It was like stepping into a bad movie where we go into the bar with the red door and we're the only people in the music like stops. We're the only people in blue and white and all y'all the kids look at us and it's like, Whoosh. and we're like, oh, Penn State people, how y'all doing? What's going on? And that was just great. Were they nicer than Auburn people? Who was nicer? Because they the Auburn people were the nicest. It's people close because I, as you were talking about this, I was trying to give you three to keep it brief. So Notre Dame, Alabama, and I think Auburn's slightly nicer. Um, both RV trips with Alabama and Auburn, but the RV trip for no Alabama was a flight. Sorry, Auburn was an RV trip for a couple of days, so that added to it. Um, but Auburn had the musical Rumble strips, which was cool. You do love those. I, I, I do it, love yes. those. Every Tumors time I go over. Every time I go over a rumble strip now, I think of Steve. There you go. Tumor's Corner with the regular lemonade was almost as cool as the, as the Yellow Hammers. Um, and I think what tipped the scale, tips the scale for Auburn, and it is the polite thing, it is the guy who had the RV and was having like the bachelor party in the parking lot. Um, and, and the neighbors, the Penn State neighbors came back and one of their family members was at the hospital and he unhooked his truck from the hitch of the trailer and threw his keys at him and said, y'all go take care of your family members, come back when you're done. That might have been the trip that Good that people. might have been what, what weighted it in terms of um, that. Oh, and peppermint patty, peppermint patty shots were introduced Schnapp to us. Shots, yes, yeah, yeah, at, yeah, at yeah. Auburn. So Auburn's just ahead of Alabama. Auburn is up there. I I I think that one in particular, the the niceness of the people. the The highlight of that whole thing was we we, we walk around the corner, and they these people go. Y'all want some jello shots? I think I've told this story before. And we're like, sure. Yes, please. Um, they're like, don't worry, they ain't too strong. <laughs> ain't too strong. We gotta get up for church in the morning. <laughs> so there was that. They were the nicest people. Um, it was cool to experience the SEC like on campus tailgate thing. I had never experienced that before. So it was neat to to so that one is up there for me. Um Really, anytime you have to go to Chicago is like that is why we we are going on Thursday so we can hang out in Chicago more because Chicago is is our city that we would like a lottery dream house type thing move to tomorrow if you know if it was possible because it is it's a great city it's a cool city and then you can kind of get to pretty much anywhere else you want to kind of be from Chicago. Um, and it's weird because like Northwestern isn't really that like there's no appeal. There's no the the appeal to go to Northwestern is to go to Chicago. Sorry to Northwestern folks, but that's that's really it. Um, and the one I don't know if you've been there. The one I have two more that I want to mention, but the one that I want to specifically mention is is Wisconsin. It is the most beautiful campus, I think. Well, second most beautiful campus in the Big Ten, but the coolest hub student union building it sits on a lake and you can just sit out there and drink and they'd sell brats and it is everything wisconsin should be 
Um, they sell spotted cow, which is great. Um, the did you stadium, just correct yourself? The second most beautiful, just to protect Penn State. Like, was that what you did? No, there? There's, another? The, there, there's another one that is okay. Much better. So Penn but State's that one, third on your list of beautiful campuses in the Big Ten. Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. Uh, Indiana is, is is number one in that category, okay. Um, okay. and that's also in addition to pizza. Mother Bears is is a big reason. So the We Are In is going to sponsor us, but the Alumni Association not so much. No, that's fine. That's fine. Um, no, I I think the other one, and I don't know if you've been there either, but is Nebraska. Those people talk about nice people, okay. the nicest people. The hello, welcome to Lincoln. You can't walk from here to there without out hearing that, out being offered a beer, out be like it was. It was very cool to to see that and experience that. They know that there's you know they're they are in fact speaking of Iowa, I think Iowa to me is the worst. Like that every time we've gone there, it's the worst fans, <laughs> the rudest people. It's also just the state of Iowa in general. Um, and it's like. Lincoln and Nebraska is the exact opposite of that. Um, so we've heard, I mean, we had, we didn't go to Wisconsin two years ago because we didn't know if we we're going to get tickets and if they're going to open the stadium up pandemic wise, turns out they did and we could have, but whatever. So I'm looking forward to that rolling back home, whenever they do and Nebraska. I mean, probably my wish list, those two, and then the, the two new ones, well, not the two new LA ones, the two Northwestern United States ones, once they roll on. I am excited to see the Coliseum. I've, I, I, that, that's just kind of like a sports venue I want to see. It's not maybe necessarily bucket list, but it's it's up there. And I am excited to go to Seattle. I've never been to Seattle. So um, I don't yeah. know if Oregon, Oregon excites Nike me. and stuff as a side trip or something. Sure. Things. Yeah. And I think sure honestly, that's more pub world. So more go explore the Pacific Northwest than, right. than anything else there. Um, but do you have a worst one? Because for me, it's Iowa. Minnesota is second closest. We had a good time in Minnesota. We've been there. Really cold when we were there. Was too. it outside? Was it outside or yeah. was it? Okay. Uh, no. Yes, yes. Was, outside. outside. It was in the new stadium? Yes. Um, I think the, the worst is the one I, I don't want to go to and really haven't gone to for Penn State, but covering Ohio State, covering Pitt, Ohio State in my days there, those people were just miserable to Pitt, and Pitt was god awful. So I I don't know. I mean, I assume they're not horrible to Penn State people, but and people have said that they shook their head like, oh no, it wasn't so bad. I, I I just don't know that I have a desire. And Iowa, everybody, nobody except for the people we tailgated with this week who brought twelve Iowa people with them who were wonderful and nice and good. I don't know that I want to go to Iowa for, based on recommendations from people I know and love. Iowa is the only stadium where I felt a little unsafe in. Like it's. Just, uh, I don't feel good there. Um, Ohio State, everybody always says that about Ohio State. And I, everybody's been relatively nice. Never, no real jerks, no real, like, it's been relatively nice. Like, I think they kind of, going back to the Alabama thing, they know you're going to kick, kick, we're going to kick our butts and go on with the day. The the Michigan people have a certain arrogance to them that they have a degree from Michigan and and they want to want to let you know. We've had a good time when we were there. Though. We've we've had stories. We've had good people. Like we've been there twice. That's been good. Um, so yeah, I don't know that there's not Minnesota or I'm sorry, Wisconsin and Nebraska are on the list to go to if we get a chance again. Um, but that may be it from the traditional. Oh, Indiana. I mean, it, the people have said the campus is beautiful. It, you know, and that might be an easy trip and a a fun slash different trip and close closer than Iowa for sure. It is the the nice thing about the couple of nice things about Indiana is if you go at the right time of the year, they have so many trees there and it's it's elite fall foliage. But then all of their buildings are uh, sandstone, 
Uh, so like all of their buildings are really neat. The other thing that is cool about there, they have the largest student union in the world. And in that student union, you can go bowling. So we have gone bowling a couple times on oh, game nice. day, both before and after. Um, really cool. So yeah, lots of fun. Those are our, our little guide to the Big Ten, so to speak. There you go. Um, all right. This week's old guy, young guy. It's going to be a quick one, but it relates to Northwestern. Um, so, okay. I, when I think of Northwestern, I think of Chicago. When I think of Chicago, I think of the Blues Brothers. So, because it's just, it's just, you know, Blues Brothers skit. Mm-hmm. What is Steve Samsel's favorite SNL skit? Oh, that's not bad. That could be quick. Um, I liked in recent years Stefan, right? Mm-hmm. The guy okay. who did Stefan. That one, yeah, that one never got got. I to know me. it was just goofy. Um, what do I like? I like the news. I I don't think weekend. There, there was an era there when Weekend Update was bad with Colin What's-His-Face in the late 90s. But I think generally Weekend Update's been solid almost from the inception. So that may be my favorite part. Okay. I'm surprised. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you went young on that one. Like, I'm surprised you went yeast recent. That was what came to mind. Yeah, but... I know. So am I. Um, but sometimes stuff hits and miss, misses. And, and I think the news is always, because for okay. me, it's like, right. who's, who's the news? Who's the musical guest? You know, who's your who's your favorite weekend update host? Do you have a favorite? I still think that the the, the most recent pair is pretty good. I I do think. I Jay I, I think Joster yeah are, I, I think they're very good. They get I each think other. They're very good. That, yeah. And that's the important thing. You got to get each other in that that segment. I mean, Jimmy Fallon and Tina Fey were good. I don't. Do they do it together? Like I mean, yeah. But, I so I, I think I still think Colin and and, and Jay are better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what's your skit? All right, my skit. It's it's probably a tie. Chris Farley's living in, living in down by the river. Um, <laughs> Matt Foley, said that. motivational speaker. That one is up there for me. I think that one just the way everybody cracks in that one is great. Um, the other one is the Vince Vaughn was hosting. Um, Jason, yeah, Jason Sudeikis and uh, Tim Robinson are um, John and Dave Tesh. And Jason plays the like round ball rock, and Tim Robinson just keeps say, saying basketball, basketball, give me, give me, give me the rock, cause I'm gonna dunk it. That one. Um, so that that would be be probably my favorite SNL skit. That those are those are my my top. Two. So you went older school. You went Chris Farley. Yeah, I the the like the newer crew, like the current crew. Were a lot of hits like very when they hit they hit very well and then when they don't it's bad it's bad. What's well, Chris Farley? Was, I laughed a little bit because that you were mentioning Chris Farley because, and I don't know that Samantha always got this, but like when she was in college and late high school, but like, look, make sure when you go out tonight if you're going to do anything, especially when she was in college, if you're going to be drinking, like do not get in trouble, do not get caught because if you get caught, you're going to be teaching at an unlicensed daycare center down by the river. You're not going to be a real teacher. Right. And I'm not sure she ever got that, but that was a speech that was given like at least once a month. Like, don't get caught or you're going to be teaching down by the river. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that one is, I think that's, that's the perfect SNL skit. It's, it's unhinged just enough. Um, all right. This podcast has been unhinged just enough. Uh, anything else we, we forgot to discuss on this week's show? 
It was efficient. It was it was complete, just like the football game. We are we are going to be out of here maybe in thirty six minutes. We only dropped the ball. We we only we only dropped one swag reference. So you know, get your swag at stuff. Summersuns.com. That's only the second one of the show. So there's there we left a little bit of that on the field, but still proud of you, proud of us. All right, uh, let's see. We have a website, stuffsummersuns.com. Steve's got a part on that website called with Steve. With Steve, um, Steve's got an email. It's Steve at stuffsummersays.com. Mine is Darian at stuffsummersays.com. Um, we've got a podcast, some thumbs up, five stars. Um, do appreciate reviews. Those are great. Uh, we've got stuff. You can buy that on the website. We've got a newsletter. You can sign up for that on the website. Um, got some stuff on the website coming this week. Um, so excited about that. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, other than that, we've got Twitter handles. Mine is at Stuff Summer Says. Steve's is at Steve Samson. And we're we're quick tonight. I'm telling you, look at that. Out of here in 37 minutes. Proud of us. People appreciate it. Goodbye. <laughs>